20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. We are back with another episode of the only Daily Packers podcast, bringing you excellent content 365 days a year and 366 days a year on Leap Years. My name is Maggie Lawler, and today I'm joined by Mike Wenlint. We're filling in for our friends Jacob and Mike, or sorry, Jacob and Zach. Mike, it is great to have you with me today. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm all about an excuse to wear green and drink in excess, but I guess here in Wisconsin, we kind of just call that Packer Dame Day. So how are you doing today, friend? Uh, I'm doing very well. My Irish is starting to kick in, and I'm looking forward to talking about some more great Packers news. Me too. Um, Perhaps maybe the biggest signing for me this weekend, totally kidding before anyone actually takes that seriously, Um, I'm a big Geronimo Allison fan, and he has returned to Green Bay on a one-year deal. Um, Other teams, you know, reportedly had some interest in him, but the Packers upped the ante for his contract to ensure that he'll stay in Green Bay. So any thoughts on that? Well, I, I absolutely love this move. I think it, it was needed to have another veteran out there besides Devontae Adams to really become that number two guy. And he was off to such a great start last year before his abdominal injury, which really put him on the shelf and really uh, sapped anything he could possibly do as far as athletically. And also the fact that, and Zach Jacobson wrote a great article on this on Cheesehead TV, is that a quote from John was that he wants to be here. He wants to stay in Green Bay at even if he takes less money a little bit at times he wants to be with this team and he wants to help build the culture of that wide receiver room and hearing stuff like that makes me really excited because he is a guy who has gotten better and better and better every year he's been in the league to the point where he was able to break tackles with ease last year he showed great routes he has the PS might, might have the best hands on the team and he's got the trust of Aaron Rodgers most importantly and he's a guy where he could he could be in line for a huge payday if he stays healthy and performs like we know that he can this year Yeah, and I think Allison kind of gets lost in the shuffle with some Packer fans, considering that the team signed three rookies last year in the draft. Uh, You have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemia St. Brown, and then Jamon Moore, who are all due for quite the leap in their year two. But people seem to forget that Geronimo Allison was on pace for over 1,000 yards in 2018 before, like you mentioned, that abdominal injury. Uh, He has all of Aaron Rodgers' trust. Um, But wanted to get your thoughts on this. Now that Geronimo Allison likely is entering the season as wide receiver two, maybe he doesn't stay wide receiver two the entire season if those second-year guys do make a big jump. Um, what do you think this means for Randall Cobb coming back? Do you think it's likely we've seen the end of him in Green Bay? I do. I do think I think Randall's uh, tenure was, was done pretty much anyway. I think the team wants to move on. They want to uh, kind of put, put the pass in the past, put the Ted Thompson here in the past and move on. So I think Cobb's gone. I think Clay Matthews is most likely gone as well. And I think they're going to focus on either maybe drafting one slot guy or maybe signing one, which we can talk about a little bit later. But I do think with Allison's coming back and you have the three rookies, you have Kumaro, you have Alan Lazard, who I'm really excited about as well, and of course Devontae Adams. And I do think that Randall Cobb's days in Green Bay are done. And I think he knew it too when you saw that picture from the last game of the year with him and, and Rodgers embracing uh, by, and the, uh, across the back line of the end zone that, that he knew that his time is gone is done as well. That picture is definitely a heartbreaker. So thank you for bringing that up and putting me in an emotional state. Um, But also thank you for bringing up Alan Lazard. I think that he is kind of underrated, maybe unknown to some Packer fans, but he could be the next Geronimo Allison where he has quite the jump in training camp or I guess even Jake Kumro and he 
latches onto the roster long-term. Quickly before we move on then, what do you think this means for Jordy Nelson? I want to get your thoughts on this because it's been such a hot topic since we're talking about wide receivers. We think Cobb is out. I'm totally in agreement with you there. We know that the Raiders just released Jordy Nelson. Any thoughts on him coming back, or do you think he retires? I think it's going to be a no to both. I don't think he's going to get signed by Green Bay. I, I think I, I don't think the front office wants to bring him in partially to get let these young guys grow a little bit and take and take playing time away from them and also because there is maybe some thoughts that he could maybe bring out some more bad habits in 12 who trust him so well that he's willing to improvise a bit more with Jordy out there like he did with Randall Cobb at times as well I, do, I think Jordy will probably spend one more year with another team I hope it's not New England but that seems like it's something that would happen but I do think he'll play another year but I do think we will see him sign one more contract at Green Bay but it'll be just like John Kuhn did. It'll be a one-day contract. He'll retire a Green, uh, Green Bay Packer. He'll go to the Hall of Fame in probably 2025, and I think that's the, the next time we'll see Jordy. Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with you there. I know a lot of Packer fans want him back as the veteran presence in the locker room, maybe a slot guy. Um, I've seen him compared to the role that Donald Driver kind of played towards the tail end of his career. But to me, I'm not entirely sure if you want to spend a roster slot for a guy who likely will only be a third down receiver. I know the chemistry is there with Rodgers, and I know that Nelson is one of the all-time greats for Packer fans, but I think that that might hinder the development of some of those younger guys. Uh, So now that we've gotten the wide receivers out of the way, why don't we talk about some of the free agents that are on the market right now? The Packers had their big wave. Um, The entire NFL kind of really shuffled things up. You had OBJ signing with the Browns, Antonio Brown going to Oakland, what are some names that are still on the market that you would like the Packers to go after with the money that they have left? Well, the first name that came up to me earlier came off the market today, and that was Jake Ryan. Uh, I, I wanted him to come back. I think he would have been a good, dependable, rundown linebacker and special teams guy, but he's now with Jacksonville, so that entire 2015 class is, is now uh, gone from Green Bay, which is kind of shows why we're in the spot, the team is the spot that they're in right now with the new management, new coaching, and things like that. But the, the first thing that came to me is, Everyone's talking about getting in a backup quarterback, and they want to bring competition for Kaiser and for Boyle. And I've been harping now for a few months now, and I wrote about it on Dairyland Express. Was give RG three a look. Uh, he 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 had his he had his rookie year sensation with Matt Lafleur as his quarterbacks coach. He he spoke glowingly of him when he got hired. He was one of the first players to publicly endorse the hiring of Matt Lafleur. So he you know he's got a relationship there. He trusts him. And I think that there's still some gas in that tank. I think he's far enough removed from his injury that he can still play. He was a good mentor to Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. I think he was stuck in a bad spot in Cleveland before that and Washington before that. And I think he could be the perfect number two for this team going forward. And he's still only 29. So there's still enough there that he could be a two, three, four-year backup for this team. I like that you bring up his relationship to Matt LaFleur because I think that is something that can be overlooked. People remember Matt LaFleur for his time in... Um, Atlanta, and they remember his time with the Titans and with the um, yeah, the, the Rams and the Titans. But they kind of overlooked that time that he spent with RG3 in Washington, helping him develop into the player that he was. So I do like that idea. I, I would be curious to see if the Packers will look for a more veteran presence in the locker room instead of riding with Kaiser and Boyle. Um, I know that if we say anything about Boyle, Andy will give us a talking to. Um, so maybe the three quarterbacks in the room will be Rodgers, Griffin, and Boyle in 2019. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, wanted to ask you your thoughts. 
about Clay Matthews potentially coming back in maybe a, a middle linebacker role, similar to the role he played in 2014, 2015, when he was kind of roaming the field. You know, as you mentioned, Jake Ryan now has moved to Jacksonville. Um, do you think that leaves any room for Clay Matthews to come back? And do you think Jake Ryan's departure opens up the Packers for taking an inside linebacker in the first round of the draft, maybe a Devin White or a Devin Bush? Uh, I, I think there's a chance Clay comes back. Um I'm not sold on it completely because Brian Gutekunst was very, very coy about it during his press conference, and it seems like they're talking to him, but they're not really, and it also sounds like the Rams are really making a push to bring him in as a rotational pass rusher to maybe team up with Dante Fowler, so I think they might price him out of the Packers range because they're not going to go with large amounts of money for Clay, And but I do think if they bring him back, it'd be a good spot to be that sub-linebacker, that third down inside pass rusher to team up with Martinez on those gap blitzes that Martinez excelled at last year. But I do think they're set at linebacker to an extent. I think they're expecting a lot of things from Oren Burks. They're still probably talking to Antonio Morrison. And I don't see Devin White falling past five anyway, as far as going to maybe going to Tampa Bay. Devin Bush I'd be fine with at 12 or 30, but I, I don't think it's a necessary priority to bring in a middle linebacker with your premier pick. You want a guy who's going to be a truly dominant player at, at pick 12. Yeah, I do think the Packer fans should expect a second-year jump from Oren Burks. I know that's the typical line to say, but he was a third-round pick that the Packers traded up for, so clearly they're high on him and his potential. I know he kind of um, spent most of his time on special teams in 2018, but he still has that freak athletics athleticism, and I think that he could be that roamer in the middle of the field. Um, Potentially. He expected to start as well until he popped his shoulder out, too, during the last preseason game. Right, exactly. And he, he really was making a push for that position. That's kind of when they brought in Morrison. I'm not opposed to bringing Morrison back. Um, I thought he played well. He was one of those terrifying guys in the middle of the field that you you never knew if he was going to get a penalty um, for, like, a roughing the passer. But he played with a lot of fire, and I really enjoyed that. Um I'm kind of with you with Matthews. I think he could get priced out, even on name alone. The name Clay Matthews means a lot in the NFL. Um, I would I would like to see him back, I guess, in that middle linebacker role. Um, I think he could almost have a Peppers role as well, Julius Peppers, where he kind of fills in as a rotational blitzer. Um, but now that you have both Smith signing, outside linebacker definitely isn't the position of need that it was entering the offseason. No, I would love that. I would love to see... Clay Matthews gets resigned back, then they draft Chase Winovich and Andrew Van Ginkle. Then you have the the brothers Thor out there at linebacker. Just you have three long blonde hairs running around. Yeah, if Chase Winovich comes to Green Bay, we're gonna have to check on Jacob's pulse. That's all I'm saying. We're gonna have to make sure that that guy is okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, someone else I wanted to get your thoughts on is Muhammad Wilkerson. I know that. There's Packer fans that are pretty, pretty split. Uh, we can talk about Mo Wilkerson and maybe Bashad Breland. These are two names that were with the Packers. Um, maybe were expected to do more than they did, but they're two guys that I would advocate to bring back. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. No, I'd be perfectly happy with either, uh, either or both of them coming back. Uh, I know Wilkerson really wants to be back. He did an interview for The Athletic with Michael Cohen a few weeks ago, and he talked about how much he loved it in the locker room. He really had formed a strong friendship with uh, with Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels and uh, really Tyler Lancaster especially as well and Dean Lowry and those guys. And he seems like he really sat, settled down in Green Bay, and it, he wanted to get away from that New York, that glitz and glamour and all of the chaos that is there. And he, I think he likes that this small town feel and this place where football is the focus for him. And he uh, obviously loves playing for Mike Pettin and... With the injury, it sounds like he's recovering well. I'd love to have him back. It'd be a fairly cheap deal, too, which would be 
a pretty solid thing, I think, for the team for the cap going forward. As far as Brashad Breland, I would love to have him back. I think he's a good corner. He's a he's albeit a little bit limited at times with his speed and at times being a little stiff, but I think he'd be a good pick, but it sounds like the price might be a little bit much again. It sounds like he might be looking for the deal he got last year, which was a massive overpay by Carolina before they discovered his foot injury. But if you bring him back for four million, maybe five, I'd be all for it. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. I thought that Packer fans and Mike Pettin, I guess, we were all cheated uh, by Muhammad Wilkerson's unfortunate injury in the early beginning of the season. We never kind of got to see what he would look like in a Pettin defense. I know fans were really excited for that, and he would have been an incredible rotational player on the interior. So I hope that he can come back when he's healthy. I know they're kind of waiting to see how that ankle heals, and that might be a contract that they talk about um, towards the summer once he is able to pass a physical. But I'm with you. I would love to see him come back. Um, as far as Breland, I agree that I think that he might be looking for the kind of contract that he was offered last season. Um, I don't know if he's going to get that, especially with the way that the cornerback market has shaken out. I don't think anyone's gotten those kind of mega contracts at the cornerback position this season that we saw last season. Um, I think the longer he remains unsigned, the better that looks for the Packers if they do want to bring him back. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you again. as I think he was a great addition to the locker room. Uh, especially given the injury history of Kevin King. I am a huge advocate for Kevin King. I think that when you have a healthy Jair Alexander and a healthy Kevin King, you have potentially one of the best cornerback groups in the NFL. But the question mark is whether or not King can actually stay healthy. So if you do have someone with an injury history, bringing in a guy like Breland gives you some veteran presence in the locker room and gives you a starter You know, if one of your top guys goes down. No, you're absolutely right, and it's kind of weird. We look at last year, the corner market went flying off the shelves, and the safeties sat out there for a while, and this year it's absolutely reversed. The safeties all got paid right away, and the corners are now sitting out there. But a very quick note, one more on Mo Wilkerson. Uh, more in general for Packer fans in general, uh, please stop blaming Kentrell Bryce. Uh, <laughs> Wilkerson is not. Uh, Bryce visits him in the hospital constantly, and he apologized. Wilkerson, Wilkerson told him that there's no need. That happens. It's football. It was a freak play. It was not a wreck, a reckless or bad play by Bryce. He is just one of those things that happens in a pile in football. So, and, and just this is for any injury too. Just please don't pile on players when things like that because they feel bad enough when something like that happens that they don't need a hundred other people going after them for the same thing. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I think sometimes we forget that this is just an incredibly violent sport, and these guys are putting their bodies on the line every single down, so they don't want anyone to get hurt. They're all trying to make a living doing something that they love, so they would never intentionally injure another player. Um, while you bring up the safety market, I did think that was interesting that you pointed out last year the corners were really getting those uh, big contracts. This year it's the safeties. Um, one safety I want to bounce off of you is Eric Berry. I know some Packer fans are really high on Berry after the Chiefs cut him. They think that he would be that veteran in the locker room, a great match with Adrian Amos. Others are worried about his injury. What are your thoughts with bringing in a guy like Berry? I feel both those exact uh, emotions at the same time. I, <laughs> he would be a great guy in the locker room. He's a great player, a great story. If he hadn't gotten hurt and he hadn't dealt with the things that he had to deal with, dealing with cancer and everything that he'd gone through, he was on a Hall of Fame track. He was one of the elite of the elite safeties. He was one of the better safeties we'd seen since Sean Taylor during his when he, when Barry was in his prime, and he was so dominant. But now he's getting in his 30s. He's got those injuries, including an Achilles injury, which really is rough for a, for a defensive back to deal with. 
We saw that on a younger guy with Quentin Rollins who never recovered from it, really. And I so there's a big risk there, but the, but the longer he stays out there, there's a chance I can see them bringing him in to be that free safety, especially if they draft one to maybe learn under him and learn under Amos. And I think there's a connection there as well when with you have Mike Smith, who's a linebackers coach, but with Kansas City, he worked with that whole defense doing maybe during the team stuff, so there's a chance. But I wonder if Barry is another guy who will get priced out by a team who's going to see the name and really make a move to bring him in late, late in the late in the process. Okay, so you brought up Mike Smith and you brought up the Chiefs. Another hot name on the market right now is Justin Houston. Uh, what are your thoughts on bringing Houston in with Mike Smith since the Packers weren't able to acquire D Ford or maybe didn't go after D Ford? I guess we don't really know at this point. If he's still out there by Wednesday, call him. Uh, I I am I was in favor of him over D Ford to begin with. I th- Houston, he's not that old. He's uh, 30 or 31. He's got a lot of mileage, yes, but he came into the league young. He has been an exceptional player for a long time and hasn't shown much sign of dropping off. And he's the guy who I would give the Julius Peppers-type contract to. Load it with incentives, have a low base early, and really give him a chance to be that, that Peppers role, that veteran, the guy who's going to give you 8 to 10 sacks every year in a limited role so you can keep him fresh. Yeah. And I, he just, he's just he's that good. Yeah, 100%. He's not going to be your every down back, and you're not going to pay him to be your every down uh, blitzer. But you brought in two young ascending players in Zedarius and Preston Smith. If you can have a guy like Justin Houston in the locker room who can come in as a rotational guy, but he also provides your new edge rushers with someone to learn from, he's an incredible player. I'm all about it. I think for the right price, that would be an excellent addition to the Packers locker room. Any other free agents that are kind of on the market that you would like to see the Packers pursue for the right price? Uh, I, I want to see them take a chance at some young guys who are who are a change of scenery type guys. And I wrote about this. I wrote under the radar guys for for the website that I write for for Dairyland Express. And some of these guys who are young guys for some reason or other that didn't work out on their original teams. Guys like Rashad Green, who's a who was a receiver for the Jaguars. I loved him at Florida State. He was a good slot guy, a good returner. And he could probably be a veteran minimum guy you could bring in, and if it doesn't work, you can move on without any sort of problem. Or guys who are built just for special teams. Uh, and obviously we know the history of Packers special teams the past 45 years. It's not been good. But a guy like, uh, and Badger fans will know this one, Chris Maragos. Uh, he's a guy, he was an elite special teamer for Seattle. He moved on to Philadelphia, wanted a ring with them. I think he wanted a ring with both teams. And he's been a guy where you don't need him to play defense. Just have him out there, play special teams be that Jared Bush player and this I think this team needs a steadying force like that on special teams so bringing in guys like that who are very low risk and but could have higher rewards down the line I think are guys you want to look for yeah I with you I like that you mentioned the Jaguars I think some Packer fans might be sick of us talking about all of the guys that have familiarity with Nathaniel Hackett but I don't think that that can necessarily be overlooked Uh, One of the guys on the market that I'm a little bit interested in is TJ Yeldon, uh, running back formerly with the Jaguars. Again, he's got familiarity with Nathaniel Hackett in his offense. Um, He's really great out of the backfield for receiving touchdowns in 2018. Um, You know with Matt LaFleur and his offensive scheme that he wants more of that out of his backfield. The Packers need a third running back, whether they draft one or acquire one in free agency. You know they're not going into the season with just Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. So I like the idea of bringing in a guy like TJ Yeldon, especially now that Mercedes Lewis is also back as your blocking tight end. I'm all about a third back who not only is a rusher, but is great with out of receiving in the backfield. 
any well, other... Oh, go ahead. So I like that as well. I do like uh, Yeldon bringing him. I'm surprised that no team has snapped him up yet. Uh, hard runner, good receiver, Alabama product. I like him. And I love Mercedes Lewis, too, because he played with Maurice Jones Drew down at UCLA. So he's got all the Jaguar connections going around. But with Yeldon, I think he's good. But don't, also don't forget about Capri Bibbs, who's still with the Packers. He's a good receiving back as well. And I, I think people are going to for, maybe forget about him. But there's there's still options on the team. But Yeldon, I think, would be a great pickup the longer he sits out in free agency. Yeah, I love Capri Bibbs. And his story is one of the most fun stories about a young kid being a Packers fan, opening all the windows. It's either cold that the Packers are playing in at Lambeau Fields. Um, I'm sure that part of the reason he came to the NFL was so he could make a contract uh, large enough to pay for his mom's uh, electric bills. Um, but he is a super talented guy. I think that running back may be, uh, whether they go through free agency or the draft, it could be a more stiff competition during training camp than some people are expecting. I'm glad that you brought up Bibbs because he is definitely an underrated prospect for the Packers. Are there any other guys that you're interested in? Uh, there's a couple names I've thought about. I want your opinion on them. One is Sam Shields, who's out there still uh, with the Rams, whether he would come back. What would you think about they would maybe give him a run? I love Sam Shields. I was so glad that he made it to the Super Bowl with the Rams. Um, I think I speak for most Packer fans and any NFL fan when I say that we were hoping for a different outcome in the Super Bowl. Um, but he is, to me, the kind of Jarrett Bush signing where maybe he's not going to be one of your top cornerbacks anymore outside of a rotational player, but he's still got it on special teams. And if you want a veteran presence to come in and teach your guys how to be a gunner, um, how to handle special teams, um, carry yourself with that kind of presence, I think that that would be something that I would consider. But then I also wonder what that means for Tremont Williams. I'm not sure you have both guys on the team. I think maybe you take a gamble on, a veteran like Shields, and then maybe that spells the end for Williams. So what about you? No, I'm in the same boat. I think it's interesting. I also don't think the team is – they're going to play it safe with his injuries as well with the with concussion issue and stuff like that. Also, a very happy birthday to Jermaine Williams, who turned 36 on Saturday. Uh, very happy birthday for him. But And my other player I was thinking about for you, uh, besides Shields, is we've seen how the NFC North likes to bounce players around to different teams. The recent one being HaHa Clinton-Dix, obviously – but Marcus Sherrills is out there from the Vikings, and the Packers need a punt returner, so there, there's a thought there maybe. Yeah, I was high on Cordell Patterson um, once he left the Patriots. I think we're all familiar with how uh, completely manhandled the Packers' defense was with Patterson uh, when the Packers played the Patriots this offseason or this past season. Um, I thought he would be an intri intriguing option for them as a special teamer. Um, so anyone that can come in and play maybe a little a limited role on offense or defense with a primary focus on special teams. Um, that seems like it's going to be one of the focal points of 2019. You know, they have three coaches now instead of two. Um, four special teams, you can tell it's a point of emphasis. They're looking for guys who not only will play as starters on offense or defense, but these guys that will have big roles on special teams. Um, so anyone that can come in and improve a squad that really – Anything will improve. Um, I'm all about it. No, I agree. And, yeah, that's really all the guys I can think of. There's a lot of these lower-tier guys and guys we, we won't even think about now that will end up being signed probably in the next next week or so. So there's still plenty of time. And, obviously, the draft coming up, there's still another month after that before we get to minicamp. So there's still a lot of guys out there who will be signed by the Packers eventually. They, I think if they use all their picks, they'll have 12 spots left yet for their 90-man roster. 
Yeah, and I saw a couple of fans talking, too, about what that maybe means for Jordy Nelson. Um, I'm not sure. He probably will sign with someone in the coming days. If it's not Green Bay, which I don't think it will be, I'm sorry, Packer fans, to burst that bubble. Um, but you, I, to me, the Jordy Nelson thing kind of feels like James Jones, where he was with a team for training camp, and then Jordy Nelson ends up tearing his ACL during the preseason, and James Jones comes back, you know, so he can be that presence for the offense. Um, maybe Nelson is that kind of guy, but I do agree with you that there's plenty of talent that will kind of be rotating through the next couple weeks. Maybe some guys will get signed, um, but there's there's not going to be a, a shortage of talent if the Packers do need to look further after the draft to fill the remainder um, of their squad. No, I agree with you. As, as, as long as if they bring in Nelson, it's not because – a receiver towards ACL again. Let's not go through that again. <laughs> okay, I, I'm sorry to go out into the world. Then again, I don't think they're playing on Pittsburgh turf anytime soon again, so that could be useful. Okay, well, are there any final thoughts that you have before we sign off this day's episode of the Pack-A-Day podcast? It is St. Patrick's Day, so we don't want to keep people too long. I know that they have probably some parties to go to, some bars to go to. Well, I gotta get, I gotta make sure the crockpot's good to go with my corned beef and cabbage, but... <laughs> I'm just looking forward to football season. Uh, free agency's going. We The Packers have officially got those guys in. They seem to be thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to be covering this team, and I'm, I can't wait for April to, to come up. I am with you. There has not been an offseason quite like this in quite a while. Uh, first, you know, we change head coaches. Well, I guess first we change general managers. Then we change head coaches. Now we're actually active in free agency. Free agency frenzy doesn't just feel like something that the Packers are watching from the sidelines anymore. This is going to be quite the season. I agree with you. Enjoy your corned beef and cabbage. Everyone have a happy St. Patrick's Day. Don't drink and drive. And lastly, go Pack Go! Sunday night football in the start of a historic season for the Green Bay Packers. Rodgers in the shotgun. Here's the snap. Rushes on. Rodgers nowhere to go and he's snowed under. Back inside the 30, and Rodgers is down. Roy Robertson, Harris, Khalil Mack. And Rodgers unable to get up. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Down to 19 from the Green Bay 30. Snap to Kaiser under pressure immediately. Dumps it up right side. It's intercepted. Intercepted by Khalil Mack. Circle route to the 15, to the 10. He's to the 5, to the end zone. Touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Khalil Max had a sack, fumble recovery, interception return for a touchdown. Nine fourteen to go in the third. Chicago 20, Green Bay nothing. Wayne, I actually see Aaron on the sideline throwing. Well, that's a good sign. Yep, he is. Of the shotgun, snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, throws it over the middle. Randall Cobb is there. Makes a spinning grab just outside the left hash mark. J.K. Scott, Mason Crosby. Here's the snap. Placement made. Kick is up. And it is good. So the Packers on the board with 3.37 to go in the third. Snap to A-Rod, looking around and waiting. Lost it. Deep down the right side. Allison in the end zone. Makes a spectacular catch. Touchdown. What a throw and what a catch. And the Packers get back into it. 39-yard bomb from Aaron Rodgers to 
Corey Lindsley on the snap. Four-man line for the Bears. They're coming on a blitz up the middle. They pick it up. Rodgers looks. Lost. Left side. Got a man out there. to Rodgers under a blitz. Rodgers tight pocket steps up, throws a left, got Devontae inside the 10, head fake, cuts left to the 5, reaches, Pylon, and touchdown! Oh, what a play by Devontae Adams! Snap to A-Rod, rushes on, has two.